Well, hello there and welcome to the second episode of the official Sydney Dance Company podcast for the Untamed season. I am your host, Daniel Roberts, and over the next seven weeks leading up to the Untamed premiere, which opens at Roslyn Packer Theatre, Walsh Bay, on the 18th of October, I'll be talking to a few of the many talented artists involved in the Untamed season. This week, I'm talking to a very sought-after and highly accomplished Sydney artist, and of course, around Australia as well. Uh, he is Sydney Dance Company's resident multimedia artist, Peter, a.k.a. Pedro Grieg, and he's here with me now. Hi, Pedro. Hello, Daniel. How are you going? I'm great, mate. How are you? Thanks for joining me today. No problem at all. Let's go back. Let's go way back, way back to 2010 when um, you were awarded a residency with Sydney Dance Company from uh, the Australian Council for the Arts. Mm. Um, how did that come about? Uh, basically a huge shift in life actually mm-hmm. so um, I used to be in the commercial space and I was looking to jump into photography and film and as part of that process I um, uh, looked at what was available through Australia Council to um, reach out into the art space and then I found this and it just basically read like it was me so I applied to it and um, took a little bit of back and forth but we uh, eventually came to an agreement because it was a pilot program it had never been done before it was the first time the Australia Council had done it and it's the first time it had been done in Australia and they'd selected 13 uh, digital artists around Australia and placed them in um, arts organisations and they paired me up with Sydney Dance Company. And had you um, had any experience in dance photography or, fil- photography or film before or was this sort of a, the maiden voyage into that world? The first time I saw contemporary dance was uh, Raph's work on stage. Yeah, wow. For, during that program. I'd seen, I've been to the theatre many times but I'd never seen contemporary dance and I still remember the first day that Raph brought me into the studio. It was for research and development for uh, one of his works, Landforms, and he had um, Ezio Bozzo. Ezio Bosso here, who was uh, tinkering on his grand piano while the dancers were working on... He was the composer for the piece. Yes, Mm. yes. And uh, he's an Italian composer. He was over here for about a period of two weeks, I think it was, at the time. And I was just blown away. I, I don't think... Prior to that moment, I don't think I'd seen so much, ex- like, freedom of expression in creativity in a room or in any space um, prior to that moment. Just There was 16 maybe more people uh, dancing, working through their own little individual processes and in their little worlds. Ezio was there um, working in his musical world and Raph was, you know, moving around the room. And that changed me immediately and it kind of set forth this sequence of events that basically turned everything in my life into a completely new direction yeah so, wow yeah. so you saw you saw everyone dancing you saw everyone moving around the room how do you then look at that and think i know how to shoot that or do you know how to shoot that or is it a lot of trial and error at the time i had I, shooting it wasn't even a yeah. uh, concept in right. my head um because of the nature of the original residency, it was more about coming in with an overview of the whole company, not just what I do now. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I do now was one of the most successful parts out of that initial residency, and it was something that I saw a huge void in, and like just it didn't exist before I came along. Um, so it was during that residency that I came up with this idea where the behind-the-scenes stories needs to be told and lots of other 
um, elements of the company kind of needs to be told to the audience to really break it out of that core group of dance enthusiasts and into the wider um, audience and the wider market. And Raf was kind of in that headspace in general with dance anyway. So um, it was good so, timing. Yeah, it was great timing. And yeah. You know, I was shifting, I was changing careers from one into um, photography. So after about being there for three months and doing other things for the residency, that's when I thought, oh, why don't we start telling these little sort of snippets, three-minute snippets of, um, of each person in the process. And, and it's evolved from there. Every single work that we've worked on here at Sydney Dance Company, each time I've approached it differently yep. and done something different. And it's, right. Yeah. So what you're talking about there is you, you started off um, making these short films about each dancer. Mm. Is, that, is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then also about each creative person in the process. Right. So like uh, um, the guest choreographers, I think um, Jacopo came that time and he did raw... That was when he originally did raw models. Mm -hmm. So... Um, I documented a bit of his process and talked to him about it and um, Raphael, I spoke to Ezio and f just to get all the different perspectives because mm -hmm. for me it was really interesting to dig my head into their space as well because I'm really like perpetually interested in people's stories and you know their lives and their creative process and especially with dance I find these really interesting parallels between the creation of a work in dance for the stage and how we would, say, create the narrative for a film or create the narrative for a, an out, like a musical album or something like that. But So I've really watched that process and really enjoyed absorbing that process over the years and that's what got me like hooked right in from the beginning so I think um, what's interesting with your work is how it has gone from um, that sort of behind the scenes sort of exposure uh, work to probably something a bit more um, I don't want to say artistic but uh, from a deeper point of view or a different perspective and that's sort of how your work is evolving now and your involvement with City Dance Company with each work that we're producing, you're sort of brought on or you're either left to the side and left to sort of tinker away at your own ideas, but each time a new show comes around, there's a clip or there's photos from you. So how has that changed over the past few years? There's been, there's been a couple of factors. One is I have this real desire to never do the same thing again and that's probably more from a technical point of view but from a creative point of view I've actually gone on quite a big journey over this um, over these last five six years and especially in the last 12 months I feel like I've been really been able to break out into a bit more of a creative space when working on these films especially the films um, and the narratives and the concepts behind them and I can somehow create some sort of parallel between what, say, Raphael's doing with his concepts and then I take that, like, in Lux Tenebris, he... We were... Early conversations was about empty cities and it wasn't... Um, it didn't define his work, but it was one of the little inspirations of, a, like, a mood inspiration for his mood board. Right. And... 
I immediately come up with a million visual references in my head for that. And so I sort of took that and ran with it and usually develop that kind of thing in parallel. It always has to tie back in so that people can sort of get connected with the work outside of the theatre. And to me, that's always the thing at the end is I need to um, make sure people are connecting to Raph's work or to any choreographer's work outside of the theatre. But the thing that I've absolutely relished is that Sydney Dance Company and Raphael have been very, very uh, flexible with me in giving me the space to express more and more as, as we've progressed. And I can only say that I've felt like that's just benefited the process and the end result each time. And, you know, I hope we continue doing that. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Yeah, no, it's awesome. It's awesome. Uh, the collaboration between yourself and and Raf and you know the team here at Sydney Dance Company because when a work is produced now there's so much more to go along with it um, and there's so much more for people to follow and you know, pe- uh, you know just just so people are aware um, Pedro's work um, whenever we create a work here at Sydney Dance Company there is usually a film that comes along with it and we put those films on YouTube and Facebook and all those types of things and they get a lot of traction um, and it's a different way and even if, you know, it's not ideal but even if you don't come and see the work uh, on stage you do get a taste of what we're doing um, and that kind of thing is something that since, you know while, while I've been working in different companies um, until I came here I also hadn't hadn't really witnessed. I think it's quite unique to um, this company. Um, so going through all that, we're now going into another season. Um, it's called Untamed, and uh, Raphael's work is Anima. Um, there's not much that we know about it yet. Um, how are you involved in the work? Are you involved at all? Um, this time around, I think Raph was really even more open again about me sort of embedding myself in the initial creative process. Um, Not to inform his process at all, but I I started out... um, One of Rath's inspirations was the soul, um, which is an interpretation of anima. And, um, you know, the soul taking flight and so on and so forth. So I took that as... An internalization and again I like human stories so I took that and I wanted to ask the dancers individual questions that really dug in very quickly with the soul so and I take that away um, I write a little bit of poetry I create visual references and so on and so forth which is in turn going to inform my film uh, or films um, and this time around, however, I'm feeding that back to Raph as well so that he's got more um, collateral to draw inspiration from. Whether that influences him or not, I don't know. Um, you know we're still going through that phase, but we just thought, sort of thought we'd open it up a little bit more so he can, um, you know, to give him more. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, also, interestingly, it, it, it does change for each work and there, there have been times when... Uh, you know, Sydney Dance Company is a rep company, so works come back, um, for example, to one another. And last year we went to um, Wolfsburg. Um, and who knew that you were going to get these great 
shots out of what was essentially a backstage setup. So um, if you listen to this and you haven't seen these photos, go to the City Dance Company Instagram at uh, City Dance Co. Scroll way down because um, I'm pretty sure there's a few photos since then. Um, but I'm going to say maybe April. Um, uh, 2015 check out those photos because that is um, sort of a great example of a collaboration between dancers and Pedro and how we work with you to find the spot find the moment embrace that moment and um, find that that shot that works really well is there any other sort of tools or moments you can think of that sort of uh, or sort of locations that you've been in that just inspire you like that yeah um well Touching on collaboration there actually is really key. Uh, the Germany tour for Movimentos was really... Um, it's a great example, actually, where I landed. Um, I spent two days scouting the locations. I basically went, sat down and showed all the dancers these locations. I want to shoot you guys here. And then we basically took it from there. And I was shooting every day. I had a setup every day, sometimes twice a day. And... It was magical. The location that we had was great. Um, I wanted to make the most of the opportunity. But that kind of encapsulates how I treat every single time I shoot with a dancer. It's always a collaboration because I have no formal training in dance whatsoever, but I just sort of look at what I feel instinctively feels right, whether that's in motion or in a stills. And... We usually work out a few little tweaks here and there and then we come up with what we feel is a vibrant and um, an energetic sort of image or dynamic is probably a better word, is what I'm always trying to go for. And, and yeah, that was great. So uh, even if I'm not working with um, Sydney Dance Company, if I'm working with other artists outside and it's pretty much the same process, I always leave it open, I'm not gonna usually go in and say I want this and this and this sometimes I have a very clear vision of what I want and I usually find that that um, expedites the process but I always leave it open to whoever's in front of the camera to feedback just as much as I'm going to feedback to them. Yeah, that's important, isn't it? It's, a, it's important to have a good um, sort of working relationship with with your subject and also the dancer or whoever with the photographer to have that sort of sense of trust that we know that you're going to capture the right thing and we you also know that we're going to give you the right thing that you need trust is actually my most probably valuable thing in the whole process is because if especially since i'm in there in the rehearsal studio with you guys a lot and i kind of need to know that you're going to trust me to um shoot in the right way and represent um uh, your movement in the right way it's um, it, it actually allows me to do what I'm doing a lot better mm. for lack of a better phrase yeah. no absolutely <laughs> yeah. so since you've been here and you have had that experience with dance photography and, and dance film what excites you why is it important to put dance on film and, and, and to take it from the stage and put it somewhere else I think it is a great example of two completely different art forms coming together and marrying in the middle it's they just seem to go so well together and I'm a huge fan of multidisciplinary um, approaches or like a multifaceted approach to creative expression so 
because I come from that sort of point of view as well. I'm a classically trained musician as well, so I always think of things musically when I'm thinking of film. Sometimes even in stills, I think of uh, how that sort of um, expression can be pushed through in a still image. So in terms of in terms of dance, there's obviously a number of technical factors that need to be taken into consideration but I'm always after that emotive factor and something that can't be achieved unless the subject in front of the camera has that expression pushing through them and I feel that dance is one of the best tools to do that with and obviously capturing that is something that um, you know goes hand in hand. Okay, so this is something that I'm introducing to each episode. Pedro, it's called the Top 5 Questions. Each guest I have over the next seven episodes, I'll be asking them the same questions. Okay? So, uh, number one. What was the first album you owned? Technically, I didn't own it. My mum owned it, but I listened to it over and over again that I pretty much wore the cassette tape out that's okay. how old it was <laughs> alright right right <laughs> but it was um, Bruce Springsteen born in the USA oh nice now context is um, I'm a country boy so I grew up um, in the middle of New South Wales and so we limited selection but um, it's still actually a favourite yeah yeah despite I've got quite a broad selection of music that I listen to from classical to um, you know rock and all that kind of thing especially um, film scores. I listen to a lot of film scores these days. But, um, yeah, I, was, I was even had Born in the USA on vinyl. I was listening to Show My Kids the other day. So not on tape anymore. You've gone from tape, tape to vinyl. To vinyl. Yep. Nice. Backwards. <laughs> um, number two, is social media evil? In the hands of the wrong person. Yes. So it's true. one of those tools that could be... Uh, is great and I've got a bit of a love-hate relationship with because I don't use it that much. But... It gets the creative work out there, and that's purely the way I use it. Um, it's one of those tools that people use it many different ways, and yeah, that's pretty much the way I look at it. Yeah, it's, you've got to. Um, I mean, you don't have to, but you use it how you use it, mm. right? And it either gets you into trouble or it can be an amazing tool. Mm. Mm. Um, if you could change one thing about yourself, what would that be? That's a I would probably have to say my ability to move on from something. I tend to look at detail a little bit, probably too much sometimes. Mm -hmm. And if I'm able to change that that little aspect, I presume it would make my life so much easier. Number four, what was the last TV series you watched all the way through? Uh, All Seasons. Uh, yeah, all seasons. Yeah. Have you got one? Yeah. Oh, well, I usually I don't watch TV that much. Yeah. So if I'm watching a show, I'll usually try and watch whatever seasons are out there. So yeah. real binge watching. Yeah, binge watching. Yeah, nice. And the the very latest one has been Vikings. Oh, Vikings. Okay, I haven't seen that one yet. Well, it's on the list. It's mm, yeah. It's um. I, I'm a Game of Thrones fan because oh I God, think the story lighting, the yeah, story yeah. um, is great. Yes. And I just finished the latest season of Game of Thrones, so I just oh kind of, I was in that headspace. So I moved on to Vikings. Yeah. It's the first season is absolute, uh, really bad. Okay. <laughs> really bad. Okay. <laughs> um, but I thought, okay, well, I'll give. I had two seasons, um, so I thought, okay, I'll give the second season a go, and it yeah. got better. And then each season got better and better. But you know, it's good, but it's it's, it's no Game, Game of Thrones. Thrones. 
Uh, last question, number five. Have you ever flown? Have you ever flown first class? <laughs> um, in a small Cessna. Okay, nice. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm, wow! I'm, look my, at you. My granddad had um, <laughs> planes. There's a lot of planes in my family, so we. Um, <laughs> but no, not um, not you know on Qantas or anything. No. Like that. Well, look, there's so, still time. Maybe you could work that into the next yeah, your next uh, contract for when you're touring. Yeah. We'll I see. It, I think it's a bit of a long yeah. sell. That. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, listen, Pedro. Thanks so much for um, joining me today and talking to us and talking to the listeners. Um, you can catch Pedro's work on the Sydney Dance Company Instagram and also on his own Instagram which is at Pedro, Pedro. Grieg um, Pedro it's been a pleasure thanks for talking to me thanks very much Dan thanks. well that's it for this episode you can find Sydney Dance Company on Facebook also on Twitter and Instagram at Sydney Dance Co if you enjoyed this podcast make sure you go to iTunes and search Sydney Dance Company then click subscribe Also, feel free to rate and review the podcast. This helps us gain popularity on iTunes and exposes us to more listeners. A big thank you to you, the listeners, for your ongoing support of Sydney Dance Company. I'm looking forward to bringing you the next episode of Sydney Dance Company's Untamed series. I'm Daniel Roberts, and hey, thanks for listening. Sydney Dance Company is Australia's leading contemporary dance company. For more information regarding performances, adult dance classes and dance education, head to www.sydneydancecompany.com.